and it's 11.15, so it's time to get sexy. Only abstinence is 100% reliable, and a lot of folks are not prepared to make that choice. And we need to be looking at contraception as separate activities, but both very necessary to think of before we get naked. Um, the pill is also, it's usually taken to prevent pregnancy, but it can also be used to treat other things like painful periods, heavy periods, premenstrual syndrome, and endometriosis. Now, if you missed it a little earlier, I am here with Tanya Coons today. We're going to be chatting about contraception. (laughs) (laughs) Morning, Maya. (laughs) Morning, Tanya. Now, that's right. We are going to be rolling through a bit of a recap if this is a topic that you haven't thought about since high school, perchance, or if you're looking to consider some alternatives, we have the text line open for any questions on 0409-945-945, of which we've already had one asking about the male contraceptive pill, which, Tanya, we need to get a bit more info on first. We do. I did some research for this before I was away and uh, I skipped the male contraception pill. I don't know why, because, um, yep. But I'm really happy to go away and come back into when, when we're on in two weeks' time and answer this question, because I think it's a goodie. What was the question so that the, the listeners can hear, Maya? So we had someone on 0409-945-945 ask if the male contraception pill has a similarly ridiculous list of side effects as the female alternative. So loss of libido, sex drive, um, depression being a major one for some of their friends. And they also said that they heard it didn't work hormonally, so thinking it may be free of those. Really interesting. Uh, As for the side effects, they seem to be the bog standard side effects for so many medications these days. So I'd hazard a guess to say probably. But I really want to see if there's been um, studies done on the effectiveness and how it all works. So I'll come back to you guys on that. Well, there we go. Will BRB on the male contraception, contraceptive pill. Um, but Tanya, I know a lot of people with uteruses out there who say that they get most of their knowledge about contraception and the options out there by doing just that, talking to their friends um, and getting their real info from them. Why do you think this is the way or the means that people are turning to for getting that information? You know, Maya, I think people trust the advice and the experience of their friends. I do exactly the same when I need to buy something, do something. I get opinions and then sort of and do a bit of research and let it all let it all trickle down. So I think, you know, there's a lot written about contraception, what works, what can go wrong, what side effects. It's pretty confusing. So if you check in with your friends on what works for them, then that can feel heaps more reliable because you know them and you can ask them questions mm. and it's first-hand information. Um, but that said, <clears throat> there are plenty of really cool online services that can help you work out which form of contraception might be best for you. So even you know where to start asking questions of your friends because it's such a, a big topic, which is why we're chatting about it today. But um, if you want to, we're going to put some links up, but if you want to, there's some sites that you can visit. Family Planning in New South Wales has all of the contraception breakthrough, breakdown. There's a a site called www.healthline.com. It's an American site, but it's got loads of really good information about all sorts of health, but it's got a good section on contraception. 
There's a Health Direct from the government, so www.healthdirect.gov.au forward slash contraception dash options. Uh, and there's also an excellent site in the UK on their NHS, so uh, www.nhs.uk forward slash conditions forward slash contraception with really excellent in-depth information so you can sort of have a look through there and go hmm, that appeals to me and then poll your friends do any of you guys use this what do you think blah 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 mm. might be a good start yeah uh in case you missed any of those links don't worry we're going to pop them up at yeah. fbiradio.com slash programs if you click on mornings with my billick it'll all be there um but i think tanya taking a step back right i don't want to take any hits out on any particular GPs, but I know even from my own experience and that of other people that what is often maybe the scripted response or stock standard one size fits all approach is to just instantly prescribe for people who um, menstruate, who have uteruses, who can get pregnant, to prescribe them the pill for everything and not always giving necessarily a rundown of some other alternatives or things to consider because as one should you know everybody's body is different you can handle everyone handles things differently and I'm sure I'm not the only one who said that that wasn't the piece of medication that worked best for me at all yeah do you know um this is such a good thing to be discussing uh I've, I've got a few theories here I think it depends on the knowledge and sometimes the age of the doctor uh, because there's been new things coming in all the time. So the older the doctor, sometimes the less they know about what's available and also the knowledge. Um, in my experience with doctors and medical staff, and they are great, and don't forget they're expected to hold a lot of knowledge about everything. Mm. You know, I specialise in sex because just the anatomy of the bits is pretty complex and enough, and I am in awe of people who know in depth the, how the whole body works because it's a lot to hold. So I think a lot of doctors tend to have a first line approach for prescribing things. And then if that doesn't work, they take a second and then a third. So we need to be complicit in this. If something doesn't sound right or doesn't work, then we need to ask questions. Um, we need to say, I don't think I like that. What else do you know? Um, if it's not the doctor's area of specialty, they can be a really good starting point. But if you want really to get all your options and very in-depth information, I think visiting one of the services that we mentioned earlier, especially family planning, you can do, you can have an online appointment or you can do it in person and have a good chat because the folks here have such a wealth of knowledge that they know more than I do. Because, you know, I talk about sex. I've got particular areas of speciality. This is not, I mean, I know broadly here, but so I don't want to position myself as, as an expert today, folks, but please ask questions and I'm happy to come back with info. Mm. So if you're concerned and or you've got questions, please, please, please don't be afraid to check in with your doctor on how does it work? What are the side effects? And particularly, do you have some other alternatives? You don't have to take the first of any option. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think there are also so many different or approaches or methods is that right yeah yeah um I, I saw I did my research for this I saw a really nice way of breaking it down that there are four different types of option available for people when it comes to contraception 
or birth control. So the first one, I like they've called it lifestyle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this means that birth control is something that you and potentially your partners do to, you do it to actively avoid unwanted pregnancies. So you're not taking anything, but you're doing things like abstaining or having out of course or being aware of fertility cycles, right? So yeah, it's a lot more, oh, I'm aware and I'm doing stuff but I'm not putting anything into or onto my body. Uh, the next method is a barrier method. So that typically means you're using contraception as and when you need it. That's quite convenient. And it means that you and your partners are using something that goes into the body to before sex to block sperm from fertilizing an egg. So some examples of this are spermicide or internal or external um, condoms, right? Nice and easy. Uh, a hormonal birth control method. So this is the pill. This is this is the most often used on a regular basis. I find this interesting because it places all the responsibility on the people with uteruses. Um, and this 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 includes birth control pill, the shot, which is Depo-Provera, uh, the ring, and the patch. And there are also IUDs uh, and another the yeah the. There's an, there's an IUD and an IUS. We're going to go into a little bit more detail of all of these things a bit later. And there's a copper IUD, which is non-hormonal. So sometimes people get that mixed up. The levels of hormone differ based on the type of contraception. So some of them may stop the ovaries from releasing eggs. Some of them thicken the mucus around the cervix or they thin the lining of the uterus, right? So there's, there's different, different hormones for different folks. Again, a lot of this can be experimental. You do not have to stick with something that's not working or a bit scary. And then we've got the, the big hitter, the medical uh, option, which is procedures like a vasectomy or tubal ligation, which is getting your tubes tied. So they are a huge change to the body and they'll ultimately prevent it from being able to fertilize or get pregnant. Big, big guns, those ones. Yes, there's a lot to unpack. And after yeah. this next track, we're going to be chatting about fear and contraception. So don't go anywhere. Again, any questions? 0409 945 945 is the number. Here's Bad Mind by Babyface Mal. And this is a language warning. Jump in a cab, smack through the window, bust him Only the smoke I'm puffing Bro, got puff things, they busting Gang living bougie but dangerous Imagine these criminals getting famous One of 66 records finest That's Babyface Mal out of now Melbourne with bad mind if you just join me here on 0409 oh not 0409 on 94.5 fm uh you're listening to let's talk about sex on mornings with me Maya Billick, and we are unpacking contraception and a little earlier tanya we spoke about some different methods and approaches to tackling contraception but i want to get into some of the nitty-gritty in particular and why you think there is fear or distrust or I guess there's just an inherent sense of tension with the idea of contraception right why do you think that is well it's that's it's very hard to give a definitive answer on that because we're all different but I think some folks do trust that contraception is reliable and they're usually told the level of effectiveness when they see a doctor if there's a prescription involved 
But I think people need to re remember that no contraception is 100% reliable. So distrust is good because you could be the unlucky person that makes that teeny weeny weeny stat. Only abstinence is 100% reliable. And a lot of folks are not prepared to make that choice, right? But I think too, there's more things like the side effects starting to be known and researched now. Things like weight gain, loss of libido, bleeding, vaginal dryness, uh, and there are now some really important links to painful sex and the contraceptive pill. Uh, a small but significant percentage of women on hormonal contraception, low dose, um, not only have reduced libido, but have been experiencing painful intercourse. Um, and that's a quote from the research. Uh, I, I think it's people with uteruses, not just women. Mm. Um, but I do hope that people are listening to this because it's taken a really long time for this research to be done and published. And it's another example of women, and I use the word women in this case because it's political, being expected to put up with pain or side effects. And that's a really big tendency in medical circles. Mm. Um, can you imagine the outcry that would have if a condom or male contraception produced any of these side effects? And, you know, that's it's a good question our, our friend asked earlier. I'm going to come back to them on that. So I, I think... Yeah, there's, there's a lot of side effects. There's a lot of side effects to any medication, mm -hmm. but uh, particularly with hormonal stuff because it's messing around with your body. Yeah. Big yeah. way and hormones play very significant roles in our body. And if you look at it, weight, weight gain, libido, painful sex, painful intercourse, they're really big things. So look at what your hormones are driving and in control of. Yeah, we got a really good text in on 0409945945 actually saying um, one thing I'm curious about is why the opt-in male vasectomy, vasectomy isn't more common. As a guy, until I did a bunch of research myself, I had no idea that they are A, completely reversible 99% of the time and B, don't affect anything hormonal or health related. After asking some doctor friends, their main concern was that it would lead to more unprotected sex, which is exactly the same thing that the pill leads to. What am I missing from Ali in Enmore? Well, uh, oh, Ali, I don't know what you're missing. I think you're inferring some really good things there. Um, the, the vasectomy, it's a surgical option, right? So I think uh, doctors are a little reluctant to push anything that's a surgical interference with the body if they can they'd rather give a pill or a barrier or a method to people than a medical intervention uh vasectomies are not 100 percent uh reversible i i thought it was in the high 90s i you know i think it's getting better and better and better with time but again you can't really rely on that and we were mm. chatting in the break weren't we and you were saying you'd read something what, what was the statistic you read they are although reversible the I guess line of thinking kind of gets a bit carried away when people think they can get a vasectomy for a second time and want that reversed again, for example. Like yeah. it, it becomes much yeah. harder the more you have one. Pardon <laughs> <laughs> um, the pun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that that's, that's kind of messing around with the body. So it's, it, yeah, and I love, I really actually love the inference to, oh, that's going to lead to more unprotected sex. So I think, you know, we need to be really clear. Contraception is not protection against STIs and STI protection is not contraception. Mm. They can overlap in some cases, not many, 
but we need to be really aware that we need to be practicing safer sex and we need to be looking at contraception as separate activities, but both very necessary to think of before we get naked if we do not want to um, have a sexually transmitted infection or mm. make a baby. Yeah. Now, what are some of the benefits of ye old faithful, the pill, and what might be some of the things that people don't like about it? Yeah. Well, it's um, all of the contraception stuff. Um, it's easier to use uh, and it's readily available and it doesn't intrude on the sex life. It allows for you to have sex whenever you want without having to pre-think or pre-plan. So for lots of folks in established monogamous long-term relationships, they can choose to have sex and not use a condom. So that comment that Ali made before, totally get it, that the doctors are inferring like, well, that's an option that you would choose so that you can have unprotected sex great but I don't think it's going to mean that everybody's going to rush out there and, and be risky as well and I'm hoping that we keep getting the information out there about safer sex is good and it can be really sexy um, the pill is also it's usually taken to prevent pregnancy but it can also be used to treat other things like painful periods heavy periods premenstrual syndrome and endometriosis right so we have to think about that and there are also some progesterone-only pills that don't contain any estrogen. So these are uh, an option for women who can't use the combined contraceptive pills, such as those over 35 years old and those who smoke. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just having a, a, a little think about all of that because I'm thinking about our trans friends as well. If they've got a lot of hormones coursing through the body, I think um, hormonal contraception needs to be really well discussed with doctors that are well-versed and well experienced with this because there's a lot going on and a lot to be considered. So I don't want to make any assumptions there on their behalf. I definitely think you need to speak to someone in person about this stuff. Absolutely. Now we'll be right back. Uh, we're going to jump to some Muramasa in a sec, but then going through some other non-hormonal options in the contraceptive realm right here. <laughs> yeah. Right here on Let's Talk About Sex. This is Muramasa, Lil Uzi Vert, Pink Panther, Shy Girl. The track's called Babyface. You're going to love it. Told you you'd love it. It's an absolute cutie doozy. Baby Cakes by Muramasa right there. My name is Maya Bilic. I'm with Tanya Coons and we are on Let's Talk About Sex and we are chatting about contraception and we've been going through the pill. We've gone through a few other different options, but I want to talk to you now, Tanya, about some uh, non-hormonal ways to really go through. Oh, sorry, long-term hormonal. I, I've misread our notes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what are some long-term hormonal options for people who maybe are a bit forgetful and won't trust yeah. themselves to be able to take the pill, something that they feel a little bit more easy about in the long term? Yeah, good question as well. Um, you can get contraceptive implants and injections now. And again, these are for people who menstruate. Uh, they're long-acting, they're effective, they're reversible, and they're progesterone-only methods of contraception. So the stats on implants are they're over 99% reliable in preventing pregnancy. That's what I saw in one stat, and then another one said uh, 94 to 99.8. So again, 
The implants last for about three years, uh, and that 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 means over ninety nine percent means that fewer in one in a hundred women uh, or people who use the implant will become pregnant each year. Right? The injection that's given into a muscle every twelve weeks, and that's the one that's ninety four to ninety nine point eight percent effective. So you don't really have to think about it every day. You don't have to remember to take a pill or to have a seven day break as some of the pills work. There's also intrauterine systems, IUS. So that's similar to an IUD, but it works in a slightly different way. Right. The IUD releases copper, but the IUS releases the hormone progesterone, which prevents pregnancy. Uh, it's long acting and it's reversible and it can last for five years. Right? It can also be used for managing heavy periods. That's the sort of hormonal balance. And then I just mentioned IUDs. That's a, a small T-shaped contraceptive device. It's made from plastic and copper and it fits inside the uterus. Uh, it's, it's often called a coil or a loop in old school language, and uh, it's long acting. That can be in the womb for five to 10 years, depending on the type. Um, some of them contain hormones that are gradually released and some of them don't. So you need to check that, but keep an eye on it because there, there, there can be some tricky things there where they get embedded or they get grown over or they get an infection. So I think those sorts of, th they used to be recommended only for people who were in between pregnancies. I think nowadays technology has kind of changed a little bit, mm. but do discuss with people if this is your choice to find out what the side effects are and what can happen. Yeah. Now say you're not a fan of the hormonal stuff. Are there any reliable non-medical ways to manage contraception for say someone who's not had the best experience with the pill or is maybe a little bit freaked out about the idea of getting an implant on rod? Yeah. Um, well, the lifestyle options that we mentioned earlier, abstinence, outer course and fertility awareness for sure. And then we've got condoms, right? They're a barrier contraception. Um, we know that. Uh, what I really like about condoms, uh, they're easy to use and they're effective no matter what reproductive organs you have, you can be responsible for obtaining them and bringing them to the party. Mm. Right? So it puts responsibility on everybody. Condoms are also good because this is where you get the double. They prevent pregnancy by stopping sperm from reaching and fertilizing an egg, but they also provide protection against STIs, including HIV. Right? So that, that's your best bet if you think about it. It covers, it's ticking all the boxes mm. and it's, highly reliable but it's not 100 they can break uh, and there's, there's there's all sorts of things that can happen with condoms but mostly they're good when they fit well and they're used well and people are conscious of what they're doing condoms are pretty good um, then you've got diaphragms and caps so these are for people who have uteruses they fit inside the vagina and prevent sperm from passing through the entrance of the womb through the cervix so they they clip on up there and then you've got emergency contraception. And a lot of people forget about this, right? So people with uteruses can use emergency contraception to prevent a pregnancy after having unprotected sex or being sexually assaulted or stealthed, right? I think we need to really talk about this because there's a lot of that going on. It's uh, And people start to panic. It's like, oh, my God, I've had this terrible thing happen to me, plus... I could get pregnant or mm. I could have diseases. So there are things that you can do. Um, the emergency contraceptive pill, sometimes called the morning after pill, um, it's best taken 24 hours after you've had the unprotected sex, but you can take it up to five days later. It may be less effective, so good to know. 
There's also a copper intrauterine contraceptive that you can put in within five days, and that's got to be put in by a healthcare professional of having unprevented sex and unprotected sex, and that will prevent about 99% of pregnancies. Right, yeah. So that's a, this is a serious topic. It's good to have your information and have it squirreled away in case you find yourself in a situation where you're like, oh, heavens above, I'm yeah. not feeling good about this, but I have information and I know what to do and I can act quickly. Acting quickly is the, the key here. Totally. And I think it's exactly what you said before, Tanya, super important to remember that not no single contraception is 100% foolproof. You can be as prepared and as safe as you can be, but accidents happen and you need to be aware of these things. I want to give a quick shout out as well to an incredible organization called Women on Waves originally, and they've now pivoted to Women on Web. It's this uh, organization started by a Dutch activist where they would sail around parts of the world where they would technically be in international waters and women would be able to make appointments with a GP there for uh, emergency contraception or if they felt that the, the decision they had arrived to was to have an abortion, they would give these women the abortions that they wanted to have, right? Wow. Then they pivoted to be an online um, company where they can deliver the pills to you via via mail as if it would like online shopping and it arrives discreetly doesn't really say or indicate what's in the package and I think also there's another um, company that also can prescribe you the pill online so if wow. something like access or travel is an issue for you these two organizations are really helpful in that sense that is fantastic because I know a lot of people that especially young folk, they don't want to go and see the family doctor and talk about this because they worry about privacy and they're mm -hmm. getting back to their parents or they've known this doctor since they're five years old and they don't want to have that chat with that doctor. So that's where sexual health, <coughs> I mean, sexual health clinics or organisations like this are super duper useful. Yeah, yeah. We're going to pop all the links up at fbiradio.com slash programs plus uh, some links from earlier in the show where you can get reading up on some information on contraception. I think that's all we have time for today, Tanya, but it's been a pleasure as always. Pleasure pun and intended. Thanks yeah. Thanks everyone for the questions. It's really great when you guys text into us with questions and comments and feedback helps us know where we're going. So yeah. keep it up. And if you've got any topics you would like us to be speaking over in the coming months, let us know on the text line. Exactly. Drop us a line on 0409 945 945. You can listen back to Let's Talk About Sex wherever you get your podcasts from or at fbiradio.com. On that, we're going to jump into some Elsie Wameo from our album of the week, Nelodic. This is Hunger. Hunger.